This is the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 433, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you and Revlon. Maybe it's Maybelline. Hi, welcome to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 433. My name is Paul Montgomery. Joining me, Connor Kilpatrick. Hello! And he's still here, Josh Flanagan. Is Connor on some sort of bluff or, or perhaps an outcropping? <laughs> precipice. I was, oh, I was looking over at the land, you know, as I want to do, and taking the majesty of the earth. <laughs> of, no, course. of course. Of yeah. Um, you know, a strong internet signal there, though, uh, surprisingly. <laughs> well, good Wi-Fi out of the plains. Yeah. 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 Remount them to Armadillo. <laughs> yeah. The homeless thing didn't go over so well in South by Southwest, so we instead Buffalo. Uh-huh. Wi-Fi Buffalo. Wow. So what yeah. this is, is I fanboy, and we lay <laughs> comics, and every week we read a bunch of comics. One of us picks the best book that they read, called that the pick of the week. We talk about it on this year's podcast. Basically, it's the first comic that we talk about. Um, it's That's the first the one, one we talk about. One. Yeah, and and along with all the other books of the week and various other topics of interest and flights of fancy, delusions of grandeur, all that stuff. Uh, <laughs> before we get to the show, quick reminder: Dumb jokes. Weren't yet definitely. Uh, You're gonna we'll, die here, you know. We'll offend some people <laughs> by the time this is over. Star Wars references, Goodfellas references, Jaws references, <laughs> Band of Brothers references, GI Joe. Not so much anymore. Thundercats. This is a rev- I, I, I was wearing a G.I. Joe shirt the other day. This is a review show, and we will be talking about all the things that happened in this week's books, all the people who died, all the people who got harpooned, things like that. Um, so if you're worried about spoilers, deal with those issues. Come back when you're ready. Josh had the pick. Someone, one, one of the fans uh, that are my Facebook friends who I don't know, uh, changed their profile picture to a, a picture of them in a bazooka costume. And it, and it was fantastic. That's awesome. Like the, I tend to gum. not, I tend to not comment and like things with people that I don't know. Actually, but I was like, "That's rad, dude." Yeah, <laughs> no bazooka, like, like the, the gum, like he well, like turtleneck over his. He had the jersey you know, and the helmet yeah. and the mustache. He's, he's the sort of stupid guy with a big rocket, <laughs> which is a, a metaphor for something. Oh, this, this is from your thing. Okay, yeah, yeah, it's a GI Joe thing. Guys. Okay, You're really, I mean. We're gonna have to talk about this. Not now. the one with the bird and the it looks. Josh, like, you know what the best thing I can say about Lazarus number eight is? Yeah. What is that? I was shocked it was only number eight. I was too because there's, it's so dense. There's been so much story and so many characters that I feel like we're much further along into this. And I was really surprised because I don't often look at the numbers. Yeah. No, <laughs> and, I don't. I don't either. And, I actually uh, had the same thought. Um, and then I read in the in the little back matter about the price increase, and as he said, with number. Um, Whatever uh, with number ten, and I was like, "Wait, we're not even at 10? And I looked at the cover, and I was like, "We're only at eight? And it was just surprising because it's been so good. Yeah, I, I think that the this was uh, uh, you know this was one of those weeks where there wasn't a lot of standout, so I had to really think about what I wanted to give the pick of the week to. Um, and and Lazarus to me has been getting better, uh, you know, as we go on. The more that they build on top of it, and this is this is a very common thing for sort of a, a Greg Rucker written book. Um, is that he really does have an overall plan, and and sometimes he's just 
He's just, you know, stacking bricks together until all of a sudden you look up and you've got, you know, you've got a castle there. And that's a metaphor. And uh, in this one, what I really like is you've had these sort of disparate stories that don't seem to have anything to do with one another. Um, and this is this is the issue where the things sort of come together. And it also is you've spent enough time with these uh, with these waste these or can we call them wastrel? I'd like they're to. the waste, John. Yeah, the poor. With, with the waste, the dredge of society, the people who bring down people who. Yeah, I think they'd actually be the opposite of wastrels. Well, either way, we Hard have uh, we've spent enough time with these other people who at first seemed like a little bit of a distraction to kind of get to know them. And, and you get to see the, the one guy, you know, Michael, uh, you know, he's got some, he's got some doctor skills and, and you sort of see that side of the world developing. Um, and then at the end of this, you get an idea of, of how this is going to tie together with forever's story. Um, and I liked it. I just, I thought it was really intricate plotting. It was very novel like, uh, which of course, uh, is, is Greg Rucka's uh, thing. Um, and then I guess the other thing that, that was occurring to me is that I, I feel like it's like for a lot of time, we, I don't think we got enough Michael Lark. Mm-hmm. Like we'd have him for a little while every once in a while and then he'd sort of go away and do God knows what. Um, but like uh, we're getting this regular Michael Lark and it's a totally original like creator own thing that they want to do. And I think that that's super special. I mean, we've gotten creator own original stuff from Greg Rucker before, so that's not as special. But, you know, the fact that, that he's got somebody this good on here and they're, they're doing uh, great work um, is super fun. And I, I really like, I like the, the fact that you're seeing forever, um, you know, they flash back and forth to when she was young and when she's now and, and the real, the, the vicious mindfuck that her father put on her. Um, but I like yeah. that you're, you're sort of seeing her you know, break out of what she is. And I think it's going to be really interesting, you know, to see what happens with, you know, with that basically. Forever's the world building here is mean. ridiculous. She's yeah. kind of mean. He's a little mean. Yeah. He's, he's tough. He's a tough love dad. He didn't, he wasn't like a touchy feely seventies dad. He bought he her a like, book. I don't know what more she wants. Yeah, seriously. Um, actually the only criticism I have for this issue is that in the opening sequence when we flash back to Forever's 10th birthday, yep. I didn't know she was 10 until I saw the cake. I thought she was regular forever. I just didn't, I didn't get kid from. I agree with that to a certain extent, and at first I didn't know it, and then when they were talking, I, I realized. I mean, they're just like the thing is, like it's. I'm super just saying subtle. from the art, it just yeah. doesn't look like. It no, look yeah. like I get that, but you're right. Like I didn't actually get that she was ten until I just looked now. On the second page, is a big cake. that's ten on it, obvious. Yeah. But um, I realized like that I was because they didn't give you a you know like ten years ago or whatever. Right. They didn't give you that. They just they just kicked into it, and she does look a little bit old there. Um, but I'll take that. That's fine. Which is kind of it's odd a, that they it's don't such do a that. Minor thing. Mm-hmm. It's kind of odd that they don't do that because you have all these captions throughout the book saying, you know, population family two, yeah. population surf seventy three. Uh, I like, I, yeah, I, I like that they're. I don't know. I, sometimes, as long as it, I don't get lost and I didn't get lost, I don't need to be spoon fed. I'm cool with that. Mm-hmm. Which, which is right, a decision. Paul, though, it, it's a, it's a book that's so tied to dates. You know, used to have that timeline in the back. It is interesting that they don't, but it's fine because. He does it within the context of the scene itself, so it doesn't really. Yeah, it sounds like matter. we all like got over it. Like we were yeah. confused initially. Listen, we're trying to find something, something here, because uh, <laughs> this book is amazing. We want to well, be fair. I want to talk about another amazing thing. This page that I'm looking at, um, and I don't know what the page numbers are, but it's it's the scene by the pool, and I just love that just sort of the mood lighting here. Um, and this is where I was like, yeah, I, I, I miss oh, this great, guy. Yeah. 
And you get the, it's just this this glowing iridescent pool. Colors by Santi Arsis or Arcus. Really nice. I mean, it's not just. I mean, we talk sometimes. You know, sometimes we talk about colors just because they're they're pretty. You know, they're really striking. And with this, it's striking, but it also it sets a mood, and it sets you know a, like a, a time and a place, and it's very appropriate to the scene that's happening here. And I love seeing you know sort of the uh, the reflection of sort of the. Uh, the ripples in the pool against against their skin. Uh, it's it's just really lovely work. I will uh, I will further that in saying that I think my favorite piece of work in here is um, the shot of the sort of traffic jam waste seventy five seventy four miles north of Denver. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, that first panel, uh, that literally is like if you were to give me the description of the kind of thing that a comic book artist does not want to draw. Right. I mean, it's it's like here's uh, it's a thousand people on a road. Oh, and there are horses. <laughs> like it's all of the things together. And cars. But, yeah. but look how, yeah, exactly. But look how, look, look how good the back of that, uh, like the the pickup truck rear end attached to the horse looks. It's a nice and, rear end. And, and look at how sweet, like, sweet can. How just sort of he's he's gone, you know, super minimalist on creating the crowds, but it works. It it's works. impressionistic almost. Yeah, like it's a, totally impressionistic. Who also had great art. Yeah. Too. Oh yeah, um, we're gonna get to that. Connor, if, if we you, go back, go back to the dat. Well, go ahead. If, I was gonna say while we're on that scene, if you if you stumble if you stumbled across the the, the fuck bus, <laughs> yeah. would you board like, the fuck bus? No, are you kidding? I look like I'd get a disease just looking at the fuck bus. Well, I mean, you don't know. I'm just saying. Look at those That's beads true. in I the doorway. If, if the thing is, if I'm a waste, if I'm a waste, I can't read it anyway. I can't read that it's got the best, mm-hmm. you know, whatever on the west. I gotta say, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't see that coming. I was like, it was very because I, I don't if you've if you're it's aware, a little even, vulgar for for Rucka. That's what I'm saying, right? If you're even slightly aware of of Greg Rucka as a person, um, but it's a shocking. It, it works because it's yeah, so shocking. It is. But uh, uh, if, if I'm a waste, the waste can't read. The waste can't tell that they've got the best ladies in the mountain territory. I'm using yeah. quotes because there's a different word in there, but you know they can't read. No, it should be a picture of it. Anyway. Yeah. Much worse than the dad, the tenth birthday. I thought was the dad in the present day when when forever tried to explain there was going to be a bomb set off amongst a hundred thousand waste trying to become lifted up to surf level, and he's like, "Well, find it," and she's like, "Well, there's going to be a hundred thousand people, and uh, it's just one mean." Well, you tell me you can't find it. Like that was the real tough love scene for me. Yeah. Really. I mean, yeah, and it was a nice bookend to the other. This is just a great world he's built. These are just great characters that live in the world. It feels so very lived in. We're only eight issues in, and it feels so much more dense than a lot of stuff I'm reading. It almost is- feels too dense. I worry, but uh, not really. Like he's he's focused enough, but you could see part of the challenge here is to not get too distracted and going right. off into other sort of. Which is know. what in the beginning I thought I felt like with the waste that we followed, mm-hmm. which you mentioned it earlier. Yeah. They felt sort of like a side distraction from the main story, but now that you know trust Rucka, you know yeah. that they they came back around to become important to the main plot. So. And and again, it's like it's hard to it is it's hard to make this a book like this a pick of the week usually because it's like a it's like a low steady quality rather than yes. a, a blow you out of your seat thing. So it's nice uh, to have a week like this where you get a chance to sort of um, focus on it a little bit. It's it's a fantastic book, and I think if you're a trade reader and you were interested, this is going to be a fantastic oh, trade book. Yeah, and he talks about in the back how they're doing. They're prepping a, del- a deluxe oversized hardcover. Oh, I was hoping they'd do that. I didn't see that. Cool. Yeah. So with full of all the back matter in the in the in the, in the book. So that's really cool. Um, Josh, is Jonah Hex back? It, it appears so. 
It appears so. I may have missed an issue in my. It's fine. It's fine because you don't. Which is fine. The girl's dead, which I thought was funny. So Jonah X thirty. Jonah X thirty. If you recall, uh, he went into the future. He met Superman. He met Batman. He he met a girl. He turned into Dennis Hopper for a while. Got his face fixed by a plastic surgeon. Went back in time. Brought the girl with him. And she died within two issues. <laughs> no, they were like, I don't really want to do this. Let's just go do Let's just do regular Jonah Hex again. Okay. So this issue opens with him burying the girl whose game I don't even remember, which is, which is fine. Uh, she was tiny skirt, gonna die. Yeah. And it's back to being the old Jonah Hex book with the caveat being that his face is fixed. And he runs into his little girl, too little black hair. She thinks that he's, he's his own brother because how else would his face be fixed? She doesn't really believe it's him, which I thought was... Amusing. The only downside of this issue was that the main story was only 14 pages. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is a co-feature, which I actually enjoyed Although, the co-feature. I didn't, you know what? I, I'll be honest. I didn't read the co-feature. However, it was uh, – uh, the um, oh, the artist is escaping me, but it's a uh, very, very famous, well-respected uh, – uh, Jose Luis Garcia Lopez. Yeah, him. Uh, and so and it's, I, it's very treasure Sierra Madre. There's yeah. a there's a there's a mine. It's a silver mine, and they all turn on each other. Yeah, I uh, sort of, I, I sort of like looked at all the pages uh, quite a bit, but I didn't so much. Like a coffee table but, uh, book. Hmm? It, uh, it the first the first half of this issue was basically the old Jonah Hex. Yeah. Now and then and that that I was thinking about mm-hmm. because this is this is thirty issues in of the other one, which was a hundred something, whatever it was. I know. How the hell? <laughs> I mean, like, Did you cancel Jimmy Palmiotti's book? No, others have. It's <laughs> I, like they've have. I don't, you know, because the movie already happened and failed, so none of this makes any. You don't get the sense, like, from hearing from them that it's do, it's doing particularly well. It's just it won't die, like Jonah Hex himself. It's I love it. Crazy, but yeah, no, that's exactly why I put it on here. This is. It seems to be a Jonah Hex book again. Not quite with the caliber of artist who we're used to, but it's still not bad. No, it wasn't bad. It was I don't mean that. Stuff. I mean in terms of like in Jonah Hex's heyday. like Yeah, no, art. yeah, Jordi Bernane. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. I mean, it certainly wasn't bad. Though. I really like the scene where Tulu Black you know, walks into town and you have the kachinka chinka of, of her spurs. You know, and the sound, great sound effects work yeah. there. I thought that was a great sequence. Um, if you notice also on that first page, Jonah Hex took a really long time to dig that hole. Did he? It's, oh yeah, he did. Uh, just hours. You, you know, he chose. He chose a very a very dense portion of desert. It's the desert. Yeah, the land, the land, the clay is very very dense and dry. So you got to really you throw your back into that one. But if you're a Jonah Hex fan and were had originally bought this book because you were a fan of the old series and you dropped off because you want to see the Gotham City or whatever. Hex 30 may be your return to the old ways. We'll see what happens going forward. But he, he hooked up with another woman that night. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't he buried her? He, no, he buried her all day. Sun went down that same day. He, he found he found his old girlfriend. He doesn't well, have he, time for sentimentality. No, he, he literally buried his past. I had to, which was his future. future. I had to yeah. bury a cat once and. I want to hear all. I hit a root, and it was thicker than the sapling that it led to, up on the surface. I get really mad, and I'd use an axe to get rid of, because I was I was already I'd already put a lot of investment in this in this grave in this hole. Did you when you wielded the axe? Was there yelling like? Oh yeah. Was there a dead cat next to you the whole time? In a bag, yeah. Okay. (laughs) And kept going, and then and then under the root there was a big rock, and so I started another hole. 
And the East Coast does not fuck around. It wasn't even my cat. Yeah. You were, were you? It was my aunt's cat. I were you contracted? Like, I'll give I you five dollars to bury this cat. I was I, no money. It was for family. Get that Montgomery kid to bury the cat. <laughs> he does a good cat burying. I hear. Never again. <laughs> Any cats in Star Wars Legacy Two Number Fourteen? No, but there was glass rain. Glass rain. Glass rain. Yep. Interesting. I was just. I was. There's I, a I, German I, word for that. I think. Yeah. So, um, CSO Anya Solo um, had been abducted by this dude and now they're marooned on a planet and everybody's all over the place. And what I, what I kind of loved about this issue is that it follows that trajectory of empire strikes back where it's, you're out of the frying pan into the fire and it just, it keeps escalating and they keep getting in these horrible situations and, you know, glass rain and toxic get, rain. And yeah, which gives way to acid rain, yeah. like actual if, acid, like various green hitting. and, and then huge bugs. Like it was just a, it was like a cavalcade of of imagination and uh, peril, and and I, it, you know, they, they've all been fun or whatever. But I I thought this one was a was a step a bit above some of the ones that we've been reading lately. Um, you know what's interesting? I thought is that uh, Anya Solo is she the granddaughter? She's not uh, many the daughter. generations. Oh, it's many she's, generations. Yeah, she's the ancestral. She's had, she's had a rough go. Mm-hmm. She was apparently in some sort of labor camp for a while. No, if she was the granddaughter, she'd be in the next film. I mean, this yeah. is like, you know, this is like many, many, many Yeah, years. yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Um, also, there's uh, the, the whoever the IG-88 bot is. I don't know what his, his name is in this. but I'm terrible I mean, at remembering droid names. But yeah, yeah that's well, basically no, that's, what he that's, is. He has a good moment in this. Where, Always where, like, a good he, moment. He walks out into the, it's like a, it's like a big panel, and he walks out into the, the, the um, glass rain, and he's, he's like, I gotta, I gotta get the line, but it's just like, this isn't suited for flesh. And you're just like, all right. <laughs> It was it was like a it was like a really good issue, uh, you know. And, and Gabe drew it as well, um, which is, is he always, drawing it sporadically. Uh, he'll do like an arc here and there. I don't know if he's done one since he did the first, first arc. I mean, maybe this is either the second or third arc that he's done. Um, but you know, it's always he he draws great ships and he draws great action and you know. And you know those those moments of you know tenderness that that George Lucas tried to come close mm-hmm. to in in the prequels. I think they 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 really found something with that that moment in the glass rain with you know under the speeder bike basically mm-hmm. and, and you know sheltered from the storm and these two have a past and but what have you gotten me into and it's really really nice so all of that in addition to the sort of madcap chase um, from one you know horrible encounter to the next this weather is unsafe for flesh flesh and flesh ah. Greatest. Well, um, I say to you, Jeff Lemire, no, 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 you cannot make Adam Strange Canadian. <laughs> no claiming him for you people in the North. No. He's Canadian. This... Has, he always, has he not been Canadian? I don't know. I looked it up after the issue. I couldn't find any any uh, references to his country of origin, but I, I don't think he was Canadian before. Where's the I, I'm having a I'm having a blank because. Well, his baby, but what's the? Where does he go? What's the? He takes the ram. Ram. Okay. The Zeta Beam. This is Justice League United Zero. This is the Canadian team, I guess. There's a Canadian flag. Well, the, well, the, the opening arc is called Justice League Canada. 
Right. That's the that's the title of this issue is Justice Why League is this Canada issue Part One. Zero? Why is it just issue one? It's, I remember writing a post about this a long time it ago. It feels like an issue one. Issue zero is usually come along like later to go yeah. behind, go before what happened in issue one. It doesn't you don't usually start with zero. This is the second we're gonna talk about two zero books this week. Here's what, what if I we love. do zero first. <laughs> so so Adam Adam Strange is an archaeologist and he's digging a hole. Which is a boot. He's he's a Canadian sorry. archaeologist. He's he does say sorry. sorry. He does say sorry. And there's a mention of poutine in here, and it's it's very Canadian. And he's digging a he's digging this hole, and they find this artifact, and the girlfriend is missing, and so he goes to Comic Con with it. So he goes to Comic Con to talk, to talk to well, Animal Toronto, Man. What's it called in Toronto? What's and Star Girl? It's and, a fan expo. Fan expo. He goes to fan expo because Animal Man and Star Girl are signing. He there. gets in is line. That, is that better or worse than like? You know, fourth extra on Star Trek signing. If you're a superhero and you're signing at Fanex, I find it really interesting that he would, given given what uh, Animal Man has been through in the last year or so, I would think he would take a brief hiatus from cons. Right. He also, I believe, and I'm not mistaken, didn't he win an Academy Award? Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that guy's not going. That's but the, he's, he's not being doing a billed as meet real life celebrity superheroes, Animal Man and Star Girl today, Star one to three p.m. Well, it's a three hour billing only, though. What's interesting? They're not showing up that. whole weekend. What's interesting about that is that it's not like Jeff Lemire didn't write the other book where he gave him the Academy Award and killed his family. Right. The thing is, though, these are the two superheroes in this world who are actual celebrities. Like he's an actor and she's a singer. So in that sense, I get sort of why those two are doing it. Man, Makes sense. a big show. Isn't that like the second or third largest show? Yeah. show like Comic-Con would pay somebody really big to come out, and if they were willing to do it, you know. This was okay. Um, <laughs> was I, didn't like, right. I didn't like the change that made Alana, because, you know, the original story, Alana is a woman he meets, you know, is John Carter-like when he goes to right, visit yeah. to Rand. And he or she is his grad student who gets sucked up to Rand with Zeta Beam, which I didn't like that change. Um I like the you know the the Cree hero, the new hero. I always you know it's good to have new characters and and uh, what's their name? Cree, Cree yeah. Watton or Key Watton? The Canadian Cree. Key Watton like is what she says, isn't isn't it? That's what that's what she says. Oh, like Indian, not the blue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. She's a native, you know, Canadian native tribe hero, and it's sort of good. like that that Wendigo mythology. But they're not calling it a Wendigo. It's they're using one of the other words for it. Uh, yeah, I which, found the alien stuff kind of very similar to the red and the green. It, get, it gets there. You know what yeah, I mean, Paul? yeah. Um, like the the strange aliens and the and the with the the bonehead. I was just like, oh, this we're doing this. Yeah, it's a little jumbled. Like bringing all the characters together. So I'm gonna stick with it for another issue or two to see them settle in because I like I like the tone and I like yeah, no, I the like cast. The characters. It's a good cast. It's a good group to to not get along. And I think he writes the characters well other than having Adam Strange say sorry. But um I just didn't like the story you know the, the setup to bring them together all but I do like this group. I do like that they basically are are bringing Martian Manhunter back to what he was before. Like the type of character. He's not so the angry sort of militant hero here. He's back to sort of being old John and we're going to get to that in the next book, but um, this was okay. Yeah, I, it, I was, liked- it was it was sort of average, but I but I liked it because it was it was refreshing in that it wasn't a dark, you know, Lee or Finch style. Thing. The thing that that Jeff Johns has been doing lately with the Justice right. League books, and 
it's super serious and everything, and and this just feels a little bit more like it's like afternoon adventure. Yeah, Saturday afternoon. It's Mike, Mike McCone, McCone, which I, and I like the art on it too. Yeah, he's good. Mm-hmm. So this was this wasn't it wasn't bad. I just there was a couple things that kind of bugged me, but I did like the character. Yeah, so what we'll see with it. Um, one I really liked, Secret Origins number one. Yeah, this is a this is a weird sort of book, and basically. I don't know how it's gonna it's gonna go moving forward, but holy crap! Four ninety nine. When I was a kid, <laughs> I loved Secret Origins. It's one of my favorite books. Um, Secret Origins was basically what it sounds like. It was a retelling of the character origin. Um, so often, get a little, often that would be called an issue zero now. Right. It would, so you get a little <laughs> vignette of every character. I admire um, the restraint for just making it a number one. Um, but here we get little vignettes. Uh, looking at the origin stories from a different angle, and the first one is Superman, the second one is Robin, uh, uh, Dick Grayson, Robin, and uh, Supergirl. And uh, my favorite is is the Superman story. Yeah, that was a really, really, really good story. It's I exceptionally thought. good. It's uh, it's Greg Pak and Lee Weeks. Really did the good. Art? Yeah, Lee Weeks on art, old Daredevil artist from the nineties. He's a, he was really good. This was great. This little Superman origin story, which wasn't the typical Superman origin, was really great. And there are there Superman feeling that we've been missing. I know what I loved about it, Paul, was there was like a little moment where they they aped the Batman origin with the him sitting in the dark in the in the you know in the chair. It looks very much like the scene with the where Bruce is waiting for the bat. Mm -hmm. And there's a moment where he can go dark. He can go down that Batman road. But instead, he looks out, sees the sunrise, and remembers his mother. And you're right; it's you totally know. framed that way. So it's it's like this could be his moment where he goes the bad, the dark way, and he doesn't. He goes, he sees the sunrise, and he goes the Superman way, and, and it says, "You'll remember what it is to be loved," and that's the turning point. And then, and by the next yeah. page, he's acting as Superman. He's wearing the jeans and the t-shirt, and you get the kid with the cape on, and he's and stopping a train. The page to the horrible costume, but yeah. Um, I thought this was a great story. Yeah, I really people like are. One too. I'm sure there are people listening, rolling their eyes, another Superman origin story. But this is a fantastic one, and the way it's framed is, it's sort of a passing of the torch between Lara, his birth mother, and uh, Martha Kent. Um, or the dueling narrators. In and it. you get yeah, and so it's first, first it's Lara, and 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 you know you, you there's not a lot of. I mean, Lara's usually the one who's like putting him in the thing and then they send him off and, and dad's doing all the work and stuff. And with this one, they have a great moment where she takes him out on like a flying Segway thing in a <laughs> Superman baby Bjorn and right. takes him flying because they know that wherever he lands, um, the gravity is such that he's going to be able to fly. So I want to experience what it's going to be like for you. And then she says, let me tell you some lies that I'm praying will come true. And basically saying that someone will find you and someone will love you. And that did come true is Martha Kent. And there's a great moment in the car where they're driving him home. And, you know, she, uh, she's, you know, reaching out for his hands and little baby Clark breaks her finger because he's super strong. And she says, I know that you, you can't tell the difference, but, you know, you're not you know old enough to understand what you did. But, you know, you looked like you were sorry for doing that. And. I love that she sort of doesn't cry out and doesn't make a big deal about it because she has so much love for this lost little baby. Yeah, I thought this was a really great short story. Really um, touching and really well done. I liked the Dick Grayson story a lot, Doug Monkey on art. Um, just, you know, this is more of the sort of standard Dick Grayson origin story. Yeah. Uh, a little bit. To it, but I lo- it was funny because this format was very similar in that you had this story and this one – didn't end on the splash page, but almost did. And it was like splash page to terrible costume. 
Right. And this is the splash page to terrible Robin costume. But um, you don't need I to be specific that, about which costume is terrible. They're well, it, all terrible. It's now. the original. It's the one they're using as the original. You know, his first suit, which was stupid. But I thought there were two missteps in this issue overall, Paul. One was I don't know why you do a Supergirl story when in, in the issue you're doing Superman. I thought you should probably spread it out a little bit amongst the families of characters. Yeah, like get like a Green um, Lantern character. Do a Green Lantern or yeah. a Flash or right. anything. But sure, like, trying to have Supergirl. a lady in there. I get that. So do and do. There's tons of female characters, just but I don't know why you do them both. Um, the other one is in the old days, the covers tended to show you all three characters, and you you know in, in an unusual situation or something, and that, that way you sort of knew what you were in for. Here, right. it's just Superman. And I didn't really I you know, had to read the fine print to know who else. Yeah, I, I just assumed that it was all Superman. I hadn't I hadn't read about it. and then I opened it up and like, oh, the Superman story's over and now it's a it's a Robin story. Which and, and I, I enjoyed the Robin story, but you know, starting off with the Superman one, like everything else sort of paled in comparison. Right. Um, that was a really I do, good Superman. I do like the ending on the Robin story where it's like, you know, Alfred suggests, you know, it's a year after his parents' death and he says, you know, you, you don't really have to mourn them. Uh, it's more of a Robin thing to celebrate them. And so he goes you know, back to the amusement park and rides a roller coaster. Yeah, I like that. And he's and he's thinking of his parents. And there's some. It's, it sounds silly when I, you know, when I break it down. There's two robins flying alongside the, the roller coaster tower. You know. And but I like. I thought it was nice. It's a it's a it's a good moment. Um, Supergirl story was okay. I didn't love it. The Supergirl story is the most new fifty two of them. Yeah, that's why I didn't love it. Really, the other two, aside from the costumes. And Ma Kent being dead in the Superman story um, are pretty timeless. Yeah, I, I did like the art in Supergirl story, but it is good art. It made me think of the Supergirl. the main problem with with the New Fifty Two. If we can go on a little t- slight tangent for a minute, is that you have to build a path from point A to point B in anything you're doing, right? And when and you have to take those, you have to take the proper steps to get from point A to point B. And when when Crisis and Infinite Earths happened. They started over, they for the most part, and the characters started again. What the problem with New 52 is they are trying to have point A and point B at the same exact time. And what I mean by that is let's start over, but also not change anything and have all the characters be there and and, and nothing's really different. So it's yeah. all jumbled, it's a jumbled mess. And I thought of that also when I was reading Batman Eternal when they mentioned again that Batman's only been around for five years, which doesn't make any sense whatsoever in terms of the story. And it's just like they wanted to start over but didn't want to actually start over and change anything. So they've started over, but then also kept everything. And it just, it just causes all these characters to be jumbled up. And, you know, if you want to have Tim Drake and Damien and Stephanie get, earn that, get to them, start, you know, don't just have them all be there in the beginning again. And it just, it's just a big mess. There's a great man who never really existed named Mike Ehrmantraut, who would have said that the new 52 is, is full of uh, half measures. Right. Yeah. No more half measures. Go get there. Go big or go home. Introduce the new uh, more Robins after a year, but don't have them before Robins when this when it starts over, just because you don't want to lose any of the characters. It's so stupid. Mm-hmm. Hey, let's talk about our sponsor, Amazon. Go to ipm.com slash Amazon, and you can buy all kinds of stuff from trades to. Can you get axes there, Paul? Stuff yes, def- I have bought. I have <laughs> definitely bought an axe on Amazon. Is there like a cat bearing kit you can get at Amazon? Uh, I'm going to need not. a new axe after, and that root was. Go there. Gnarly. You can make all your Amazon purchases, and we helps the show out by giving us a little piece of the pie. It doesn't come out of your pocket; comes out of Amazon's pockets, and uh, that's for any purchase whatsoever. From you can buy a car, you can take a trip, anything. You can do that through Amazon, and we appreciate that. Also, I've had dot com slash registration, where for three dollars a month or thirty dollars a year, you can 
become an iFanboy member and help the show directly, and we really appreciate that. It's a recurring charge. You can also go there and just donate any amount of money you want. And uh, we thank everyone who does that. Helps uh, keep the lights on here at iFanboy. I'm just imagining somebody buying a car on Amazon and like you know, get a big stack of gift cards, and they're just scratching <laughs> them all off and putting the codes in manually. And they're on the phone arguing about like, like I have Prime. What's your <laughs> <two> days? <laughs> Uh, original, I paid my $80. Original Sin Zero. I wasn't <laughs> going to read this originally. Yeah. Kind of burnt out oh. on, on yeah, events. Kind of, yeah. Um, but Jason Aaron's writing the event, and I kind of want to check that out. And so I, issue zero I read it wasn't Jason Aaron. This is a zero issue. It's Mark Wade, who's great. Mm-hmm. And it's um, Jim, Chung. Jim Chung on art. So I was like, okay, well, I can at least read this. It's Jim Chung and. Paco Medina? Yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, a little bit. But uh, I like this. I, I really like the premise of this, so I've been excited about this issue. And the whole idea is Nova, this this new Nova, this new young Nova, has this this weird sort of friendship with Uatu, the Watcher. And the whole thing with Original Sin, something bad's going to happen to Uatu. Um, they preview it at the end of this. So it's not a huge Well, the original, the original Sin is that the Watchers broke the Prime Directive. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and they got involved. They gave uh, nuclear power to some primitive race because they decided they were going to help the races flourish and not just watch them. And at first they did flourish. And then when the watchers came back to check on them, they had wiped themselves out. So they decided no more, no more meddling. They're just going to watch silently and creepily in the corner. And uh, I, I liked I kind of liked this. I thought it was fun. I yeah I really liked it as sort of a character study and yeah. I thought Wade was really good at writing uh, Sam Alexander. Um, There's a really nice moment where he comes up and he says, you know, I I know I'm visiting. He's visiting him because no one's ever bothered to ask him why he watches. So right. he because he had a conversation with the Avengers and he had all these questions and they had no answers for him. He's like, well, why don't I go ask? I can go into space. So he brings him a housewarming. So he goes to the moon and he's going to give him a housewarming gift and he says, I'm not old enough to buy wine, so I got you this and it's this, you know hastily wrapped box and it's a from his first appearance when he popped up at the end of avengers versus x-men or the beginning yeah. of him or whatever he popped up in that infinite comic and there's all this rubble from the phoenix force and he saved one of the rocks and he gave it to the watchers i don't know if you collect shit but here's have this it's a rock and uh it's a nice little moment i thought it was really funny when they presented the idea of you know giving nuclear power to right like basically the cave people and I was like, that's going to go over well. <laughs> it, it, I, I don't know that I'm going to like the story from what I've okay. heard is coming. And uh, I mean, the the next, you know, the real. Right. Once we get past zero. Uh, this is almost story. like a one shot that you could. Yeah. Just... I like this one as a one shot story, though, quite a bit. I don't necessarily want to see real Nick Fury die and all that shit. But uh, I like this a lot as a one story. Mm-hmm. It's, it was good. No, I, th- I would recommend this even if you're not interested necessarily in Original Sin. Pick this up because it's good character work. And it's Wade. Wade. Um, so you may remember that when we did our year end year show, uh, I we all picked an artist uh, that we sort of wanted to give. And, and I gave yeah. uh, I gave my, my nomination to Daniel Acuna. Mm. Um. And this is not the first time that we've talked about this, but um, he showed up on uh, in Uncanny Avengers. I think he's actually been in the last couple issues of this. Or no, yeah, yeah. this is part two, so he's in at least the last one. Um, and when I say he's the artist, like he's he does all of the all of the things, mm-hmm. everything on the page, everything you know, pencils, colors, inks, uh, cover, whole deal. 
Um, and I just, I, I just read through this, and I still, I just think it's such, it's been such a cool um, evolution of art style that we've seen from him from when I think I first was aware of him on Green Lantern. Oh yeah, he had a totally number, different number style of years on ago. Green Lantern way yeah, back. yeah uh, and it's really just come around to be this beautiful mix of of uh, minimalist. But modern, but also sort of with a like a, with it's a slightly a, painted, but not yeah, but with a, like a, almost like a, there's a there's a Wally Wood Jack Kirby flair to some of it. Um, it's just it's just absolutely wonderful to watch, and and uh, I mean he's just a monster. He's he's ab- it's just absolutely wonderful, and I think um, well one of the other things I noticed about this is that uh, Remender has now taken this Remender. I realize is is d- uh, dallies a lot in alternate worlds. Yep. It's like he's decided, yeah, I, I don't, I don't want to deal with all that other stuff that's going on. So he took Captain America into the the Z dimension or whatever that was, and like in um, Uncanny Uncanny X Force, yeah. a lot of them all yeah. yeah. they're in the yeah, they were in the yeah, uh, in all those different ones, and that's what's happening here again. And this world is nuts, by the way. Um, and I really like all the sort of very classic conflicts that are put on, and 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 you know how uh, Alex Summers is. Uh, you know he's put in this sort of impossible position, and he's he's just always ready to go off and explode all the time. Um, it's just it's just been it's 19 issues in, man, and this has been a really good uh, series. I think it's a little bit forgotten at this point, um, maybe because yeah, it's not part of the main thrust of what. But it's Marvel's the only doing. Avengers book I've, I'm reading. Yep. So I, so therefore, I think it's probably the best Avengers book. But if you're like a continuity nerd out there, this is like. This is like crack for you. Hang. Like Remember Doom, Doom, so Doom 99 good. and you've got uh Spider Woman from Spider Girl from the that Earth X stuff and yeah. maybe you got May Parker, you've got Arno Stark and uh you know the you know, Magistrate you know, Braddock. You don't even have to know Cyclops all that stuff. stuff. Right. No, but it's fun if you're if you right. if you like all that. Stuff. Just, yeah, there are a lot of people who are like raising their eyebrows. He's so good I at shepherding. Who, well, he's so good at shepherding in the black sheep of all the different, you know, superhero families. Mm-hmm. And, and bringing them in and making them this, really special. This is a guy who made Phantom X a great character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is something that Grant Morrison could not do. <laughs> and he created him. So, you know, it's just, it's just been, it's been a super series, really, all the way through. Super. 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 Uh, Electra, number one, by Hayden Blackman and Mike Del Mundo, one of my favorite cover artists uh, from last year. He did... Mike of the world! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and seeing him do interiors, it's it's pretty amazing. And you know, Hayden Blackman's coming off of Batwoman, and that was a really interesting. This is not a book you want to read digitally, and especially not in like guided view or anything like that. Uh, if you can read it in print, it's the way you want to read it because it's it's got that whole just the the same way that Batwoman had that shoots and ladders style of page layouts. Um, that's what Mike Del Mundo does here, and. Um, Elect- and 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 Blackman's also really good um, as a prose stylist, so it's a, it's kind of a wordy book, and there's a lot of interior monologue, um, but it's it's all so well paced, and and matches the you know they they do a good job of, of breaking those monologues up into little pieces and interspersing it through the art, um, so it it has this really nice flow to it, and basically Electra is going to the matchmaker and saying, I want somebody to kill. I need to kill somebody. Give me a job. And they give her a job, and she's got to go get this dude. And there's another assassin out there. And remember the last time we saw Bullseye uh, in the pages of Daredevil? Yes. Yes. And he's basically in a big sarcophagus. 
Um, an iron lung. Yeah. I was confused with the superior foes when it was a, 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 a LMD. Yeah, I was like, did they, they got you. think the editor not catch this? Because we kept going. And I was like, oh, okay, and then I finally, all right. Yeah, so um, the real bullseye is still out there, and he's not having fun. And there's another assassin who wants to, I guess, eat him or a little bit of him to yeah. assume his powers. He's a sebapath. Does Ciba-path. that work? Yeah. That's Asking for a friend. Does it? Hmm. Can I? I want to make a comment about. I want to make a comment about this cover. Yeah. And I could be. I could be off off base, and I accept that. My first instinct when I looked at it was like, man, this looks a lot like that really famous Jock Joker cover. Hmm. Now that being said, this cover is an amazing piece of design. It is. With all of the little ninjas and the severed body parts. And in all no. honesty, I didn't put, I didn't notice that. Oh, I did immediately. Like, it's okay. just the same I color can see palette. now that you say it. Yeah. Um, but like in, in all, like her eyes are weapons. Like it's yeah. in her nostrils, are tiny little knives. It's, it's, it's really like, th- like that. I'm just staring at this cover. This is amazing. Uh, and the blood splatter. Is if her, you're going to do scarf. an Electra ongoing mm-hmm. with the kind of, legacy that's attached to Electra solo stories. Yeah. You better do good. And yeah. I think and I think this art is special. I think that this this is worthy of the name. Yeah, I see and it, it sort of it does stick with a uh, with a legacy in terms of, you know, Sinkevich and Miller. It's really interesting and I don't know entirely the process that he used, but it looked like like fresco in places. Like there's this and I don't know if that's a post You have an art thing. history degree, I don't. I don't. Painting on a wall. Yeah, no, it's fine. The Last Supper. Yeah. Um, yeah. It has this, th- there's this look to it, that this texture, that it looks kind of faded. <laughs> I took the George W. Bush. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you're talking to art, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mend my fences. I got Chimera wrong last time, so I needed to step up my game. It's fine, you did, no, it's fine. All right. But, yeah, this is good. God, uh, I miss him for that one purpose. <laughs> <laughs> for that one purpose. Yeah. Sovereign number two. This is Sounds by, like a Wildstorm book that came out, but I know it didn't. <laughs> this is uh, Chris Roberson, uh, art, very special art by Paul Mayberry. Uh, really, really nice. And color by Jordan Gibson and Brad Simpson, as well as Paul Mayberry. Um, Dave Acampo came on while, uh, while Josh was on paternity leave and talked about the first issue, and it had completely slipped under my radar. I just wanted to make a quick mention that this is really good. This is a cool fantasy series, and if you like all of the like culture building that goes on in Game of Thrones, um, you know, like visiting the Dothraki and and you know visiting the what's the what's what's Theon? Theon is the Greyjoy. He's a he's uh, a yeah. Ironborn. Ironborn, Ironborn, yeah, yeah. And so, like, they have all those different cultures. You know, it, it's it's not all just like Tolkien fantasy. Roberson's no slouch. This is uh, this is really cool. This is in it's kind of in the same way. So it might it might turn people off. Um, Infinity, um, the way that Hickman sort of it wasn't it wasn't character focused. It was sort of group focused, mm-hmm. and it was a, and it was a lot of uh, overarching world building stuff, and not necessarily intimate character moments. They might be building to that, and there definitely are scenes, but there's a lot of just. What is this society like? How do they handle magic? There's a lot of you know Jedi mind trick stuff, and and how each culture sort of appropriates that stuff and and digests it. Um, and uh, yeah, this is fun. Cool. 
Um, now uh, it is now. Let's see. It's the it, we made it under the under the wire uh, for the book of the month, uh, Connor. Um, this this book is the book that I I want to get, and it looks really cool. You so do. convince me. Uh, the book of the month for April. April. By the way, I had one more week. Okay, we have one more week of April. Next Wednesday is in April. Is still April. Well, but the book of the month for April. You don't April, want to talk about it in in May though. That's 2014. Boxers and Saints from Gene Lu and Yang. And this book actually came out at the end of 2013, but it's been getting a lot of notice lately. In fact, it won the LA Times Book Festival Award for Young Adult Fiction just a few weeks ago. Not even a comic book, just awesome. young adult fiction. Yeah. Um, this is a f- over 500 pages. It's, it's broken up into two books. This is uh, the best thing that I've read from Gene Yang. It's, it's fantastic. Saying a thing. Out. I was blown away, actually, mm-hmm. how, how good this is. I'm trying to take the books out of the slipcase, but they won't come out, so I want to wing this one. We talked about Gene um, Luen Yang last week when we were talking about Shadow Hero. He's the guy Shadow that did Hero. Level Up yep. in American Born Chinese. Yeah. What this is is a uh, it's a story of the Boxer Rebellion, which if you don't know, it's it's uh, it was a real historical event in which the peasants of China rose up to try to remove the foreigners who had been coming into the country to – Who've been, you know, carving it up for their own benefit. They're the British, the Germans, the Russians, the, you know, the Australians. It was, it was all these foreign powers invaded into China, brought with them Christianity, and sort of threw the whole country in upheaval. And this was the the boxers, as they were known, the the the, the farmers and people rising up and invading Peking and trying to drive them out. Um, didn't work so well for them. But uh, this is a story told from two perspectives, and it's really interesting because. The uh, boxers is it the boxers and saints. So the boxer side is told in one book, and the saints or the Christian side is told in the other side. The other book, the boxer side is about twice as long as the saints yeah. side. Um, and at first, when I started reading the saints side of saint book, I read you know you read the boxer book first, and you should read the boxer book first. Um, I thought, oh, the saints side is really good. The short shrift, I really like the boxer story more. But the, there's a lot of really interesting things going on on both sides, and it was really, really a gray story, and and just. To give you an over, I'm having a hard time to try to figure out how to talk about this because there's so much going on in this book. But it's significantly large, right? It's like it's it's over 500 pages total. Um, But you can read it in one afternoon, which is what I did. They Uh, also say you can read one or the other, uh, separate of the two. But you can, but the stories interconnect. But you don't know that until you read the second one. The characters overlap. You read it in either order. I would read Boxers first because it's a more overall complete picture of what's going on in that world. Yeah, I would say so. You really too. you but get you, a much you better could, handle you could of what's go happening. Go both ways. You go either way, but I would read Boxers first, and that, and that's yeah. I and I did it that way because it's called Boxers and Saints. Right. So, like, oh, uh, so basically, the story first. the story is that uh, in the Boxer side is there's a village and there's a there's a, a young man in the village with two brothers and a father and and the father is well respected in the community and liked and. One day gets beaten to a bloody pulp by uh, by some Christian missionaries, and he's no longer the same. He can't speak and doesn't talk, and just sits there and stares at the window. He's clearly got brain damage, and and then so one day this this young man comes to town. Like, it's called the Red Lantern, actually, mm-hmm. yeah. and uh, he's a kung fu master, and he starts training them all, and the men in the village in the, in the art of kung fu. And turns out he's part of this sort of shadowy organization that meets out frontier justice, where the, where the government can't help, and sort of starts spreading the idea of all these farmers training themselves in the art of war and uh, it spreads to the one then drive out the missionaries and the governments that have, that have come in. And, 
you know, it's, it's, and it's, it's, it starts off, you're totally on the side of the boxers, right? You're like, yeah, drive them out. It's like the settlers, the Plains Indians, you know, it's like they mm-hmm. came in, they're, yeah. they're stealing our land, they're converting our people to Christianity, and this is awful, and they're, they're, they're destroying the culture. But then, then it starts getting a little gray <laughs> once they start sweeping the land with their swords and their kung fu and they start killing women and children who are Christian, who have been converted to Christianity. And, and it, I mean, the, by the end, both sides are very bloody and dirty, and you never, you know, neither side is right or wrong in this scenario. Although I think it's, you know, still still on the boxer side ultimately. But there's a lot of moral gray in the story, which I really loved, which spills over to the Saints book, in which we meet this young girl who is the fourth girl in her family. And if you know China at all, then you know that no one cares about her because she's not only is she a daughter, but she's the fourth daughter in the family. Four is a little homophone for death. So yeah, and they don't even give her a name. She's just called fourth daughter, and uh, she ends up. Seeking solace in Christianity and in the Christian missionary because she finds people that actually accept her and want you know you know want to give her a name on her on her baptism all the things she's not finding in her own village and but she's also talks to Joan of Arc and this is also not like a pure historical fiction you know it's very fantastical the boxers you know assume the power of the gods and they turn into the gods when they fight so yeah, it's, it's, it's a little steeped in you know either mythology right so it's not a pure like like nonfiction story, although it is, but there's a lot of fantastical elements in it. And it's also this there's girl, moments of humor too. I mean, it's not super, super grim. What's, what's interesting about it? No, it's very funny. It. And the character, I love the girl, the female character, fourth daughter is really char- like charming in a sort of Stephanie Brown, Veronica Mars way. Yeah. Uh, I, I liked her a lot. And and that's like, so I kind of, even though I loved both of them and I, and I love it sort of as a whole, as a piece. Um, if I had to pick one of the, one or the other, I like saints. Um, it feels tighter. Um, and it, it feels that the character, there's a little bit more going on with this girl. And I, and I, and I was fascinated by this idea of this girl is just shunned because she's the fourth, she was the fourth in line, nothing to do with her. And then people kept calling her devil girl. So she started making these horrible faces and just embracing that. And she, she has a little like really, really creepy looking raccoon sidekick. Yeah. And it, it, once you read the entire 500 pages, you see how intricately plotted it is yes. between the two books, the two stories, and how it all comes together and how there's really multiple levels of storytelling going on here. And the, the revelation at the end of Saints that she – that her, her, her idol, Joan of Arc, was actually – would have been a boxer really sort of – was sort of a stunning revelation mm-hmm. for, the, for her and for me as a, reading it. Um, and also it's really – for a YA book, it's really kind of bloody. I mean, there's a lot of severed heads and people holding up severed heads. And that's one of the really interesting aspects of the book. And Gene Lu and Yang drawing it himself because he's done other yeah. things where he's had other artists come in. This is this is drawn in very much. I mean, it's it's an evolution of his style, um, and it's it's the best looking thing that I think he's done. But it's still very much the style of um, American born Chinese. Chinese, yeah. And so it's kind of shocking when you get to those really brutal moments. That yeah, it's portrayed I mean, it's in something that a lot of people would say oh, it's, oh, it's a all ages kind of style. Bloody, bloody, bloody battles in here, and you know when the boxers sweep through the land and make their way to the, pick the capital, and then have their big battle in the capital with all the foreign armies um, in their compounds. And it's really, it was a really, this is a really, really great work. It is, and really, I was really impressed on every level by this. I love that this. feeling. When I yeah, when I first heard the you know the concept, and, Josh, and, you will love this book. Yeah. Okay. The notion that you would see the same scenes, you know, different books, different the, the different perspective. I was like, "That's such a brilliant idea," and it's executed so well. 
Um, it's not. Yeah, you even really, just... you really get this. You really get everyone's point of view, and you see. I mean, you see. Okay, this side isn't isn't as bad as they think, and, yeah. and both sides tell lies about the other and myths, and you know, the there's the, all the myths about what the what the Christian missionaries do to their to to the native Chinese, and they grind up their eyeballs and all these horrible things. And then when you read the other book, then there's you know the the then there's rumors about what the what the Chinese people do to them. You know, and there's just you realize that everyone is. Uh, operating on fear and xenophobia and killing each other over over that and it's really uh, this it's this this is such a layered work it's it's not so it's not very straightforward at all you read it you just your 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 mind is thrown in 15 different directions after reading it uh really really impressive i uh i love the colors on this as well yeah um and each book has its own sort of color palette um boxers is a very earth tone Got really rich earth tones, though, um, mm-hmm. and and it, and when it gets into some of those traditional spirits, very colorful. Um, yeah, the saints, so the, the, much of saints is it's all just it, it almost if you almost black and white. It's almost black and white, almost, but it's but it's like sand colors and there's yeah. charcoal grays in there. It's not quite black and white. It's it's very the spirits show up like Joe yeah, Mark it's and glowing and gold, like glowing gold. But it's really it's it's a masterwork. Mm-hmm. You know, it's sort of like Jeff Lemire's Essex County trilogy. That's what I would compare it to, like that kind of thing. That it's really wonderful. Mm-hmm. The, so the get the get Saints. the box set. First, second press, you get it in a box set, slipcover, and uh, it's a really nice presentation. Yeah, really. I mean, it came out last year, but won a major award a couple weeks ago, and it, it really deserves every accolade it gets. And if you're at all into history or Religion, it, it tackles all kinds of different elements. And if you know the story of the Boxer Rebellion, which I didn't really know that much about, other than knowing the name. A lot I know, I knew, I, the only war I know less about is the Boer War. So then that's perfect. So you shouldn't know anything about it going into it. Don't look it up on Wikipedia or anything. I won't. Most of what I know about the Boxer Rebellion I learned from that one episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I don't even know if that is that a joke. Spike was in the, I think, or Angel. One of them. I don't know. It was a flashback. But Josh, you will love this. This, this right. is this this hits everything you love about uh, comics. Yeah. So, Boxers and Saints from Gene Liu and Yang for second press. Uh, I could not give it a higher recommendation. Co-signed. Yes. Well, all right then. Let's uh, let's very quickly do one quick uh, email from from the crowd. Uh, Kevin from Fairfax, Virginia, writes in and says, I have a friend that recently became a father for the first time, and, and I'm thinking about getting him a comic that has something related to fatherhood or becoming a father. He's already a big Green Arrow fan and read all the all daddy stuff, all the daddy issue stuff in there. Can you guys recommend anything that would be good? Anything where the hero becomes a father? Thank you. I have I have one example. Uh, I was curious if you have something else. Uh, like I think I think Man of Steel is probably the best thing because you watch him just let his father get ripped away for no reason. <laughs> oh, Paul's gonna hear getting. Um, <laughs> I was like, oh, he's talking about the comic. He's not talking. <laughs> um. Uh, <laughs> well, Bye, a, lot Dad. The, a lot of the Batman and Son stuff. I mean, you're talking about Bruce having to become in terms of being a father. That that first arc from Grant Morrison and Andy Kubert. Was uh, a lot to do with Bruce accepting his son. I gotta go in. Um, here's a good. Here's a good Superman one. Secret Identity. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. It takes yeah. a little bit, but at the end, those those last chapters where he has his own kids and he's and he's kind of worried about them, and it's 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 very much at the forefront. I mean, I, I, this is not a you can just get. I mean, unless you really like your friend, but the first thing that came to mind and the you know to me the 
the preeminent superhero father story is uh, is Starman, um, because it's the whole thing is about Jack's relationship with his father, and and then what happens to him uh, later, uh, and, and I, right. you know it, it'll it'll make a new dad cry. I've, I've no doubt in my mind. It's uh, it's very good for that. I'm trying to think of a shorter thing that does that Watchmen? scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Ooh. not so much. Ooh. There's not a lot. That's well, the, there is. The I mean, Robert Kirkman can't write a line without having a father issue in it. Right. But, I mean, I'm looking at The Walking Dead, but like, no, but I mean, and, like, and Invincible also. No, they're both. They're both, and 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 uh, Stounding Wolfman. Like, they're just his work is suffused with that stuff. Worse but it's not. I don't. I don't know if it's, it's a father stuff in the way that he seems to want. Yeah, no, I know, I know. I, I wouldn't. Know. I just that was being. I'm, I'm right. fascinated by that, and it also is predicated on the worst interview question I ever asked of him. Where he just looked at me like, "What's wrong with you?" I mean, like Thor. <laughs> I don't think Thor. Yeah, what you're Thor. For. Although you know, old man Thor lately, uh, old King Thor. He's been no, it's not. It's still not. What you're it's, it, it is tough because it's sort of the end of the superhero story. You know, if you become a dad. Because mm-hmm. I, mean, like, I mean, Animal Man, Animal Man would be a good one. Yeah, actually. but but even that, like you know, the kid dies. So I, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm looking around. I can, I can think of a lot of like gut punch ones, like uh, like Three Shadows by Cyril Pedrosa. It's another first second book. Um, when we're talking to Scotty Young about that, it's a book that he really appreciated before he became a father. Then he read it again after he'd had his son. And wow, it's it's really, and I can imagine it's usually, really tough. Usually, the death of a father or something is, you know, the catalyst yeah. of the story or something. I mean, the parents die, you know, get shot I, in the alley, get blown up on Krypton. I think. Uh, kind of I mean, this is a broken record for me, but for me, some one of the some of the best father moments, like in Preacher. Yeah. Um, when you sort of have the flashbacks to to Jesse Custer and John Custer. Did you finish they, that already? Yeah, I've read that. Um, and then and then you flash forward to the issues where he meets um. Is it space? Like they talk about his dad in Vietnam. Right. And the way that that character regards his father, I think is for me some of the best, uh, best done stuff out there. I'm really, I'm, I'm thinking hard about what else it could be. And I, 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 I can't think, I think those are some good examples. If there are other examples out there we haven't thought of, that's a good place for the comment section. People to go in there and, uh, Suggest some books about father. What does he exactly want here? He wants that comics for a new dad. The, the main character becomes a father. I, I can think of a ton that are the I mean, other direction, like thinking what, about dads. It's like fun home or something, but <laughs> I, I would say Batman son, get that trade for him. That might work. So email us to contact at fanboy.com or leave a voicemail at 888-FANBOYS-3262697. If you have a comment or a question you want to get on the show, keep it around 30 seconds. If it's a voicemail, tell us, where you are and who you from? Who you from? Where you are and who you from? From there's a father question. Who are you and where are you and who did you come from? His name's Bill. <laughs> it isn't, by the way. So uh, we have a couple of shows coming up. It's going to be a busy month for special edition podcasts. We're going to have the speaking of Son of Batman podcast coming out soon. The animated brain trust. We're going to have the Amazing Spider-Man two podcast coming out. We get Paul starts to wrap up his Akira. It's got a young podcast series. Yeah. And so those are all coming out within the next four weeks or so. So keep your eye out for those. In the meantime, Paul's still chugging along with Fuzzy Typewriter and Mad Men. You're having a lot of fun right? with this, this season of Mad Men, doing uh, Mad Men every Monday. You can check those out. So many people. So many people. What? I'm so many people. <laughs> what is wrong with you? That's what Sally said. 
Is it? It's oh, really yeah. Long. Okay. I'm not used to like a man saying it. That's in a, de- in a deep, <laughs> creepy voice. Yeah. yeah, but it was he could have said it too. That's what like was Buffalo great about Bill it. Or something. Oh, so many people. <laughs> uh, people. Do it in a Bane voice. Oh, <laughs> and now have Eddie Vedder say it. <laughs> this next one is dedicated to the fact that I'm, I'm so many people. See, Eddie Vedder would have said something like that on, on stage. Yeah, I'm rubbing my eye when I do it. I get all method when I do Eddie Vedder, apparently. <laughs> so check that out. Uh, Paul, where can they get the Fuzzy Typewriter show? FuzzyTypewriter.com or head over to iTunes, search Fuzzy Typewriter. All right. In the meantime, you can head over to ifanboy.com. You can comment on this show. Tell us what you thought of the books this week. Tell us uh, some more daddy comics or dad comics, however you want to say that and make you feel less uncomfortable. Uh, and uh, Paternity uh, comics. Paternity books. I'm so many daddies. <laughs> find all of our other podcasts, including all the many uh, special listening shows coming out soon. You'll find them all at ifanboy.com. And you can follow us on twitter.com slash ifanboy and facebook.com slash ifanboy to find out what the pick of the week is before the show. And you can follow us individually on Twitter, J.A. Flanagan, C.S. Kilpatrick, and Fuzzy Typewriter. Oh, now, this is going to be normally the part where I tell you to go review the show or tell people about it. You know what I'm talking about. Tell people about it. Get it, get it out there. All right. Last time we talked about, we were at on uh, 947. Yes. A, a whopping eight of you came out there. Yeah. And, uh, so we're at 955. Slow class. Is it ratings or reviews? It's reviews. Okay. We're still at this point, like like I don't know how you get us down from five stars. That's not a challenge. Let's just take that sentence back. No. Uh we need forty five more. Uh and then and then and then I think <laughs> I think we can pretty much stop asking for reviews. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think sick of us talking about it. Yeah, I think yeah, we really once we get a thousand, I think we'd be like, No, that's cool. That's all right. That's fine. In fact, we may start talking about it more. Until Might have to. We get those fifty. Top bucks. of the show, middle of the show, third, uh, third act. Maybe we will read the one thousandth review on the show. Yeah, Maybe that'll happen. So get I that wish, on there. I wish they talked more about Guy Gardner, but I think it's okay. I like Guy Gardner. <laughs> you would. That's it Why for this week's show. He's we need more Yelp reviews. Thing. We have Yelp reviews. I want somebody to write a review on iTunes as if it were a Yelp review. I don't even know what that means. Exactly. Exactly. You're crazy. I'm You're crazy. I'm Connor. Dude, you are so many people. Come on, my dad. Touch me, let's see. Broken still, I just can't help but wonder.